This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. special program, WKRP in Cincinnati and Lou Grant will not be presented this evening. Tonight's special presentation is brought to you in part by Hardee's. We're out to win you over. And by Clorox, the makers of Tilex Tile Cleaner. Prepare yourself for an in-depth examination of something mundane from Icy Robot's day-to-day existence. Welcome to This Boring Life. Hello my kids, it is me, Icy Robots, and I am back for another another episode of This Boring Life, the show in which we we take a look at the origin story of me, Icy Robots, and the way we do it is one topic at a time, and the topic we are going to tackle this week is cassette tapes, audio cassettes, mixtapes, and things like that. First of all, before we get too far into, into the episode, I want to thank you guys for, for going out on a limb and purchasing this this cassette, this bonus episode, it was, it was super nice of you, and without folks like you out there, the show, the show would grind to a halt for lack, for lack of funds, I don't think that would really happen, but it's, it's possible, I guess, if I, if I was completely on the skids, I don't know that I would be able to put these, put these out, these bonus episodes, I don't even know if I'd be able to put out the normal episode, so... Thanks for everything. I hope you enjoy it. Let's let's get the jump off started. Jumping, jump off, jumping. Cassettes, audio cassettes, next tapes. Cassettes, audio cassettes, next tapes. I got my first tape recorder back when we lived in Illinois. I'm thinking I was in maybe the first or second grade. I wanted one super bad. We had one in our class at Harnew and I thought it was like, I thought it was like the neatest thing I'd ever seen. We used it for like story cassettes, story time tapes, the kind where like you would hear a beep and then you had to push the button. We had one for the things like, things of that sort, and I wanted one of my own, and I begged, and I begged, and I begged, and they got it for me, and I, I was immediately enamored, it was one of those black recorders with like a handle on the front, just a tape player, tape recorder with a built-in mic, I only had, I only had a couple blank cassettes that came with it, so I was constantly taping and taping over stuff. My favorite thing to do at that time was to record television shows. I would record stuff like Fraggle Rock. I would record cartoons, and I would listen to them later. I would sometimes record songs off the radio by by placing the recorder right next to the radio and recording the sound like that. I would sometimes record myself talking. I don't, I don't know, just... Me saying, like, hello, this is Young Icy Robots, this is Young Laser Boy, and I'm here talking into a cassette. I I wish I had some of those so that I could hear it. I I think it's weird when I, when I look at it, because my activities are still more or less the same, but only in a, only in a more refined manner. I used to record, I used to record myself talking. I still do. I used to record TV shows. I still do. Now my setup's a bit better, but it's essentially the same thing in a lot of ways. I 
I've spent my entire life perfecting these few skills that I have. I, I'm i not complaining. It's working out. It's working out for me. It's working out fine. I'm using these these long-time honed skills to to make the world a happier, much nicer place. And hey, man, that's what we're here for, you know? So I had that recorder, and I had that for years. My my main thing, though, I mentioned was recording TV. I would record, I would record Fraggle Rock every week off HBO, and I would, I would keep it. And then when the next week came around, I'd flip it, and I would record onto the other side, and then I would have two. I would have two Fraggle Rocks, and then when the next one would come, I'd flip it over, record more Fraggle Rock on the other side. I'm like, I'm like an old school TV producer. You hear stories about how a lot of shows are lost to time because they they didn't keep them. They just they taped over the cassettes because they never thought anybody would ever want to hear these things. Now I so wish I had these cassettes. I'd be. You'd be hearing episodes of Fraggle Rock on the show. You'd be hearing Young Laser Boy saying, "This is Young Laser Boy." talking about things. That's a nickname that I, I've discovered I had for myself. Laser Boy. Young Laser Boy. This is this is the first place where in which I'm dropping on the show. But uh, it's something I've been batting around for a while. So I had that cassette player for... I had it forever and ever and ever and I would record things off the TV and I would record music and eventually... It bit the dust, and I was I was completely tape recorderless for the longest time until my aunt Judy bought my brother and I a Tandy computer. It's the dawn of a new era in microcomputer technology, the Tandy PRS80 Model 2000 Personal Computer from Radio Shack, designed to meet your personal computing needs. I I do not know the origin of this Tandy computer. It was just in her possession. One day, she was the the relative that was always just coming up on stuff. There's always, there's one in every family. The guy who always just has something that fell off the back of a truck. Or the guy who has something that just kind of, kind of showed up one day. And the, the Tandy computer showed up in that, that manner. It, it was old school, of course, you can tell that because it was a Tandy. But it had a cassette player as opposed to like a floppy disk drive or whatever. I don't... I don't even know the process in which this would work because I was just just a young sprat, so I could never figure out how to like write a program and save it onto a cassette. But the cassette player became my new my new go to for recording stuff. Another thing I would do around this time is I would pretend that I was like a radio DJ hosting a talk show where I would interview my stuffed animals. I had like a whole a whole stuffed animal posse that I that I gave nicknames and characters to. There was George. George was a dog. He was like a he was a lay mutt, this 80s stuffed animal brand. And he he was like the leader of the posse. And then there was Gonga. Gonga was a gorilla with a plastic face that my mom picked up for me. And Gonga was like the he was the strong one, and then there was there was all sorts of them, and I would interview them on the cassette player. It was it was something that I that I wish that I had like super duper bad. Let's let's try to imagine back to what that must that must have been like a young a young laser boy doing a talk show with a guest, the guest being Gonga the gorilla. So Ganga, this is me, Young Laser Boy, and I'm I'm here recording you today, seeing what it's like to be the strongest gorilla in all of the of the stuffed animal kingdom. Well, you know, it's it's pretty hard. I gotta I gotta keep it up. I I don't have like the best the best natural attributes as far as like what's it called genetics go. But I I have to work hard when I'm in the gym. I gotta lift. I lift like 15 barrels a day, full full barrels. I gotta do that. Then I gotta do push-ups. I gotta do all that stuff. Wow, that's really great, Gonga. You, you, uh, you, I could tell you, I could tell that you really do work out. You better work out. What do you think I got this physique lifting bananas all day? <laughs> no, I didn't think that at all. Let's, let's go to a commercial break and we'll be back in a sec. It would probably sound something like that. I mean, that's pretty much exactly what my voice sounded like as a, as a young sprat. So I would, I would do that. I, 
I don't know, man. When I'm looking back at it, I'm realizing that a lot of the things I used to do have, like, directly led up to me doing this for uh, for all you fools. I was still into recording TV shows, but I, I went through this phase where I was into recording TV show theme songs. I... I had, like, a mixtape that I made. I wasn't even aware that that was a term at the time, but that's what it was. I made a mixtape with, like, the theme from the A-Team, the theme from the Love Boat, the theme from M.A.S.H., the theme from Different Strokes. The theme from Different Strokes is an absolute banger. I know not who wrote that song, but that is one of the... That's one of the best songs of all of the times. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. I remember thinking, and this seems a bit heady, but it is, it is what I was thinking. I was a kid, I'd hear this song, and I, I never knew when they said, uh, you know, along comes two, they got nothing but the jeans. I, I, I didn't know if he meant, like, you know, blue jeans, or, like, their jeans, like, their genetics, like, G-E-N-E-S. I, I realize now it was obviously, like, their dungarees, but at the time, I'm like, they had nothing, man, they had nothing but who they were, they had their, they had their jeans, that's just like a, that's like a terrific song, I, while I'm on the topic of songs that didn't make a lot of sense to me, or that I later learned to be, to be not what I thought, that song, Papa Was a Rolling Stone, by The Temptations, when he's just like, all he left us was alone. I always thought that he left alone. Like he borrowed money in the in the family name. And like they they were gonna have to pay it back. But it wasn't until years later I was just sitting here and the, the song came on and I'm like, oh they meant alone. Like A-L-O-N-E. I do not like that song. It's it's like super dramatic and it's super long and I I realize the temptations are amazing and the wrecking crew is amazing the music is fantastic but the the song just drags on and on and on and on not not to your boy's taste at all it's all good in the hood though people people like different things you know it just it is what it is so I had this I had the tape player from the Tandy computer and one day, one day I had run out of batteries for it. It used four, four C batteries. And you remember how it was, like, back in the day. Batteries were always hard to come by. Batteries were super expensive. Nowadays, you can roll down to the Dollar Tree and get a four-pack of C batteries for a dollar. Back then, they probably cost like a hundred bucks. Because my parents never wanted to get me batteries for anything. If the batteries ran out for something, that toy... It may as well be dead for all eternity because it would never work again. I was never getting batteries. They must have cost a fortune, but I I had the batteries on my beloved tape player ran out, right? These things really ate batteries and I I needed to use it for something or another. I probably I probably had to record an episode of Leave It to Beaver on my cassette tape or something. So I I dug around in the drawer that they kept like adapters and chargers and things like that in. And I found one, I found one that like almost fit and I, I plugged it in there. And then when I, I plugged it into the wall and hit record, there was like, there was like a popping sound and a small bit of smoke came out of the, out of the body of the cassette player. And that was that. I, I was pretty bummed out. You feel like a real dullard. When you destroy one of your, one of your, like, beloved items. There's nothing, nothing, nothing worse than that. Because you have this immediate feeling like, if I could do anything to take that back, I would take that back. But you know, you know there's no reload button in real life. And back then there wasn't even, like, the idea of a reload button. You know, you just stand in there going, if I had a time machine, I would go back five seconds and not do that. But you know what? You probably would. Because you're a dullard, and you would have done it all over again when you when you ran out of batteries at some other point, expecting expecting a different outcome. So for a while after that, I was without a tape recorder, and I was really bummed. I had a transistor radio, like a small little radio that was that was fine, I guess, for listening to stuff, but it wasn't the same as having my tape recorder and being able to listen to my 
my recorded episodes of a of a Fraggle Rock. I I started thinking about this when I when I got back into the thought patterns of a Fraggle Rock recording. One time I was recording it on a Saturday morning, and this was back when we lived in Illinois, and my uncle Vern came by to visit. My uncle Vern is like the greatest guy in the world. I love this guy to death. He's the best. He came in, he came in and he was like, you know, he's saying hi to everybody and doing whatever. He he has a loud voice. He's he's just like a real real over the top, real cool guy and he has this loud voice that's carrying and I'm like I'm like Uncle Vern, please, please be quiet. I'm I'm recording I'm recording Fraggle Rock and he like he started yelling at me and I had the recording of that for like the longest the longest time. Me and my bro would play it every once in a while when he needed a giggle. The one where the one where Uncle Vern was in the back. I don't have it now, but I think if I did, it might sound a little uh, a little something like this. Hey, you guys, what are you guys up to? It's really nice to see you. I, uh, I brought some chicharronis over from Cicero, so, uh... Hey, Uncle Bird, could you, could you be quiet? I've tried, I've tried to record Fraggle What do you mean, be quiet? How are you going to tell me to be quiet? You're just, you're just a kid. Hey, just like... Just eat your chicharroni, man. Just keep your mouth shut Please, when I'm talking, just, you know. Just you know. quiet. They're about to sing the Song of Songs. What do you mean the Song of Songs? You kids, you kids nowadays, you got no respect. It wasn't really like that. My Uncle Vern wasn't an extra from uh, Goodfellas. He's a, he's a cool guy. He just, you know, he likes to yell sometimes. I don't know. People back then used to yell a lot more than people yell nowadays. When I when I say people, I mean like the elders in your life. I recall getting yelled at like all the time and I don't I don't think people yell at their kids as much. Sure you do see some yelling, but it used to be that everybody was yelling all the time. Nowadays it's like sometimes there's yelling, sometimes there's not. Anyhow, I I didn't have a tape recorder for a while. I did borrow one from my grandfather. My grandparents were living with us at the time, and he had one, and he let me use it, but he didn't let me, he didn't let me use it, like, permanent style, because he liked to listen to his, he would record things off the radio, he would record, like, 60-minute tapes full of KZST, which is the, that's the main radio station in Santa Rosa, as far as, like, dentist offices, and doctor's offices, and stuff, what I mean to say they are the most mainstream of all the mainstream stations here in in Sonoma County. They play they play like top 40 hits, mellow listening hits, Elton John, things like that. They're fine. Nothing against him. If you go to the dentist, you're going to hear KZST while you're in the waiting room. He would he would record like 60 minute cassettes full of KZST and then he would play him when he was like out in the garage or whatever. KZST is one of the few stations that we get here. I live in a valley and I've lived in a valley for the longest time and we get awful radio where I am. We get KZST, that's the powerhouse station. We get that, we get KSRO, which is the number one AM talk station here. We get the two powerful stations. We also get NPR surprisingly well. I do not know where their tower is, but we get NPR on all the radios, which is, which is fine. It's good to listen to. Their news seems real, real even keeled. Um, but he would, he would record those KZST blocks and he would play them. And for the longest time, I only had access to his tape recorder when, when he wasn't using it. So I kind of like, I begged and I pleaded with my parents with Christmas coming around. Could I please, please, please get a stereo. I wanted like a whole component stereo for my big gift. That was, that was like the craziest desire I had. I wanted one of those that has the record player and the double cassettes. The notion of recording from one cassette to the other, that just, that just blew my mind. I had to get down with that. So I wanted the dubbing deck and I needed a radio so I could record things off of the off the radio, and they were cool enough, and they did get it for me. It was great. I had it in my, I had it in my bedroom. By this point, we had moved away from my grandparents, so my brother and I each had our own room, which, this was a first. For the longest time, we'd shared a room, which is fine. We had bunk beds. It was cool. No big deal. But now we had, we had space of our own, and I was like, I was a dude on his own, in his own room, with his own component stereo. I... I only had a couple records, and the cassettes I had were only, like, the ones I had of recorded TV 
and I did record the occasional KZST or whatever. So I had that. I needed some more. And around this time, I was starting to get into hip-hop music, rap music, and and stuff. When when I would listen to music up until this point, I would listen to the oldies. I'm going to go back and talk about radio for a second. I would listen to KFRC, which was like an AM oldies station. It was, it was another one we got at the time. KFRC is long since. Long since gone away, which is sad because they were the they were definitely the radio station of 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 my youth. KFRC San Francisco with the best music in stereo. Seven o'clock, Chuck Burning But I I was moving along in age and I started to get into rap music. I was introduced to it by this dude named Mike who lived down the street. He lived on Seawolf, this street called Seawolf. And he would he would get these cassettes from a cousin he had on the East Coast. You always you always hear about these people with these cousins. These cousins on the East Coast, and he would send him tapes, and these tapes would have rap stuff. And every once in a while I'd hear him play it, and I started thinking it was kinda cool. And then and then uh, Run DMC started popping up on on TV, and I was I was way into it. So I hit my parents up for a cassette. I asked for uh, Run DMC's "Raising Hell," which they which they got for me on a Christmas, and that was that was talked about during the top five Christmas presents of all the times over on the uh, TRURPT. So if you want to know about that, check back over there. But I had that cassette for a while, and I. I played that one for forever. I played it to death. I think the next cassette that I got was a Def Leppard tape that had um, Pour Some Sugar on Me on it. I I don't know how I came upon that or where I got it, but I had it. And I would I'd play that too. I was also recording stuff off KFRC. KFRC still making my own little mixtapes. My own little mixtapes of oldies or whatever. One uh, somewhat interesting tape-related memory I have of that period of time is my aunt, the same one who got me the Tandy. She got me a gift certificate for the warehouse, the record store of the warehouse over in the mall. And I, I like, I really wanted to maximize this. I had enough on the gift certificate for one cassette with like a bit of change, but I knew I was only going to get one cassette, so I... I went there and I, I scoured the place, but I couldn't find anything that had like songs that I that I wanted, like all the way through, you know, like a classic five mic record or anything. I had no I had no idea how to identify a five micer from these these other ones that just had like one or two songs on them because I only had like MTV music knowledge. You know, I didn't have like the deep catalog that I've amassed over the years, but I was, I was poking around the store, looking for stuff, trying to figure out ways to maximize this. When I, when I came across a book, it was a big, like a big catalog, and it just had lists and lists and lists and lists of songs in it, and I, I was like, what even is this? And I'm like flipping through it, looking, looking through it all, and then dude who works at the store comes up to me, and he starts telling me how this is like a new thing they have, and what you can do is you can pick like five or six songs out of this book, and then they will take these songs, put them on a cassette, make a special cover just for you, and they will mail it to you later. Imagine a jukebox with thousands and thousands of songs. Think of all the music you'd have to choose from. You could pick the songs you want and put them in any order you want. Here's a better idea. Get them all with amazing quality sound on a one-of-a-kind, custom-made cassette. Introducing Personics. Your songs with your name and title right on it. Pop down to your local record store and discover Personics. It's got your name written all over it. So what I decided to do with the gift certificate was get myself a Personics tape. And I... I still have it to this day. They they would allow you four songs on each side. And they they mostly had like pop stuff, things like that. You know, nothing, nothing too deep. Let me show you what I got on mine. I have Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer. Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi. Tell It To My Heart. By Taylor Dane. Desire. By You Too. Parents Just Don't Understand. And I Hate Myself for Loving You. By Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I, I do not know what I was thinking at this time. Because I don't like any of those songs. Really, they're fine. They're fine. But that would not be my personal mix. I I don't know, man. It's hard to put yourself back in the mind state. Of 
so long ago. If this, uh, if this was on cassette, we would be getting near the point in which we would have to, uh, flip it over to, uh, the, um, the other side, side B, side 2, whichever, whichever you prefer. When I was coming up, I, I usually had 30-minute, uh, tapes. I would get the kind from, like, Kmart, usually the kind that were, like, three in a, uh, pack that would be the kind of thing that was, like, hanging off a peg like an action figure, the the kind of um, tapes that didn't come. They didn't come with cases, you know what I mean? I wouldn't get like the Max L's or the, uh, the good brand, the high bias ones. I always had the kind that were like the lowest of the biases. I gotta, I gotta be honest. I didn't even realize that there was like a difference back in the day. I mean, I knew that like some of them are good and some are bad, but I didn't know which were which. I didn't know the... I didn't know the lingo, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So I, I would just, you know, go in there and get the, like, three for a dollar tape. So, hence, my, uh, mixes off of KFRC were always, always not sounding so great. They would have, like, that, uh, you know, that hiss, that in the back, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. But I, I enjoyed them. I really liked making cassettes off of, uh, like... Like, different moods, different attitudes, you know, I would make, like, I See Robots bumming KFRC mix. That's not, um, one I made. I may have made that. I don't, I don't know, but I would, um, kind of make it for, like, this one would be for if I was gonna go out and, uh, walk our dog. Walk our dog Booster is who we had at the time. If I was gonna go walk her, or I would have one for when I was gonna, like, ride my bike. I, I would do a lot of just kind of sitting in front of the radio and, like, waiting for a song, and then not even, like, necessarily knowing the song. You know, I would, like, hear, like, that it was, like, an upbeat tempo, and I'd be like, I'm working on the bike ride mix right now. I'll get this one. And then it would turn out to be, like, you know, Satisfaction by the Pointer Sisters or something, and I would I would have to tape over it, and that would make it um even worse. It wasn't until, like, many, many years later that I got a boombox with a uh, dual cassette. For the longest time, I had a stereo. Like one of those, you know, stack them up stereos, and it was, um, you know, my go-to thing. But it only had one cassette player. Record player, cassette player, and radio. And I could tape off of either the, uh, you know, the record player or the radio. I only had, like, a couple records. I know I've talked about this before. So I, I played a lot of radio, and I would always be working on those. But when I got the uh, dual cassette, you know, that um that absolutely changed the game for me. I was able to, like, tape a song and then keep it and put it onto another tape. So my various like bike riding mixes or baseball batting mixes became, they became better because it wasn't like up to the uh, circumstance of what was on the uh, radio that day. And I started kind of like cataloging cassettes of uh, different songs and things I like. I didn't like go to the length of where I was like writing things down beyond like just like a few things on the label. It was for the most part in my head. But over time I got like, I got, like, a pretty decent collection of, uh, songs that were off the radio, um, you know, like, classic rock tunes, like, 50s. Back in, like, the 80s and the late 70s, like, the 50s were the oldies of the time. When you listen to, like, oldies radio now. You hear a lot of 70s, a lot of 80s and stuff, but this was back when you'd hear, like, doo-wop-y stuff and all that, all that kind of garbage, and I would tape whatever, Frankie Valley, Beach Boys, you know, whatever was, was popping off on there, and I would make my own tapes and stuff, like I said, but this didn't satisfy me for, like, super long, you know, I... I was definitely stoked when I got the, uh, two-sided boombox and all that stuff because it also would allow me to, like, go out in the world and, uh, begin to get my own tapes, you know, like, get my own things that I could, uh, that I could record from, uh, cassette to cassette. The, the first one I remember getting, you know, like I said, was that, uh, that Run DMC cassette. Then I had, like, this, like, breakdancing, this, like, breakdancing mix with, like, Nucleus and, like, that song Tour de France and all that stuff. That was, that was a big one. 
for me, I would play that one to death. That song, Tour de France, was like, that was like my jam for the longest time. Going from like, you know, the Dells and like Archie Bell and the Drells and all this stuff into the world of like the, uh, the uh, Tour de France. It was like, it was bananas, man. It was like nothing I'd ever heard in my life. That, uh, that breakdancing tape, man, that really like opened my eyes up to uh, a lot of things because, you know, that, um, that was, of course, craft work doing the uh, Tour de France song, and Nucleus was like a real early, um, you know, kind of like electro-funk band, and there was like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and all this, all this really neat stuff on it. I, I'm not even kidding. I played that tape to death, and I made a million different mixes off that tape where I would just like take them and put the songs in like different order. You know, like different order that I, that I was feeling that day. I, I don't know, there was always like, I, I guess I, what I liked was the control of making my own mixtape. You know, when when you would buy a tape, they would lay out the songs in the way that the artist or the producer or whatever wanted you to hear them. And I, I didn't always feel that way. You know, sometimes I felt like I wanted to hear them in the uh, order that I wanted to hear them. And I would I would just, like, remake a tape from, like, beginning to end. I'm like that guy in uh, Boogie Nights, you know, who's, like, he's, like, throwing down those firecrackers. And he's, like, playing that uh, super mix that he made for uh, Dirk Diggler and, um, you know, John C. Riley and all the that other guy, Thomas Jane. Dude, I love this. Like, I, I make these little uh, mixtapes together. You know, I put all my favorite songs together. Hey, Charles, what song is this? Number uh, number eleven. Yeah. When you buy a tape or something or, or an album, you, know, you put it on and then I want you to listen to it in that order. You know, I, I hate that. I don't like to be told what to listen to, when to listen to it, or anything. I'm basically the same as that, except, like, I'm not a drug kingpin, I'm not wearing a robe, I'm not, um, extremely high on cocaine, I'm not hanging out with, uh, Chinamen throwing, uh, firecrackers all over the place. Chinamen is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, please. I do, uh, absolutely apologize for that. It's just I don't get a lot of opportunities to make, like, a Boogie Nights joke. Followed by a, uh, Big Lebowski joke with, like, a, uh, five, ten second span. I, I don't know. I didn't mean it. I take it back. It was, uh, a rude thing to say. But that's what Alfred Molina called him in the scene. Dude, it's not my fault. It's his fault. Uh, I'm glad Walter was here to, uh, settle that for me. But, uh, back to, um, mixtapes. I, I made a lot of mixtapes back in, like, junior high. They weren't very good. They were, like, um, you know, pseudo-hip-hop mixes off, like, the breakdancing tape and, like, a couple... Like a couple other tapes in high school. I I really got into it. This was like during the peak of my um cassette tape buying. I was like at Musicland like almost every day after school. Musicland was the store in the mall and I would go there just about every day. And I would look at tapes and I would check things out. And I, I don't know. Over the years I got, I got a pretty good collection. Unfortunately, I... I sometimes wasn't the best at taking care of them. I wasn't the best at, like, putting them back in the cases. So I I don't have, like, a million examples from when I was uh, when I was younger. I got, I got a lot. I do got a lot. But I wish that I would have been, like, 100% perfect and had everything. But, um, I would go over there and I would pick things up as I, as I could. I remember getting a De La Soul. Three Feet High and Rising, that was a tape that I, I really love, that Run DMC one that I said. I was in, like, the first uh, Beastie Boys one, that was really good, like Sir Mix-A-Lot uh, seminar, that was one that I played all the time. Eric B and Rakim followed the leader, Public Enemy, of course. I remember when I first got introduced to Public Enemy, it was um, from this kid named Noah, this uh, guy who was a high school friend of mine, we, um, we ended up sharing a locker, like, every year of high school, but um, one day we were we were sitting there, and he had a, he had a tape, we were doing this thing where we were, um, we were paired up with pin pals in uh, the uh, good old USSR, and he was gonna, he was gonna send his pin pal a, a mixtape that he made with, like, um, it was, like, the Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, all these, all these, uh, like, Def Jam artists of the, of the time, and he, he had the tape, and he's like, yo, man, I'm just gonna give it to you, man, forget that commie, forget that pinko, and he, he gave me the tape instead of, a. Uh, 
instead of sending it to um his Russian pin pal, which I don't know, I I really enjoyed it and it really did affect my life. But that guy, that guy might have liked it too. You know, he was back behind the uh, Iron Curtain, like fiending for American blue jeans and stuff like that. And this this like this a uh, hard earned mixtape from America might have been. It might have been a deal breaker for him, but nevertheless, uh, that Pinko didn't get it. I got it. And, um, it really, like, it changed my life. Public Enemy was, like, one of the first groups I heard that I really, really, really took to. They had, they had, like, what I considered, like, a really, like, a futuristic sound. You know, the way they were sampling and the things they were sampling were, like, older things. But the way, the way they put everything together made it seem, like, really, really, really new to me. I wish I still had that tape. I, I remember it was like a lot of stuff off Yo Brum Rush the Show. I remember that song Eggman by the uh, Beastie Boys was on it. I wish I had it. I wish I had a lot of these mixtapes that I made. But let's uh let's go and talk about my my mixtape making. In high school, I, I was really getting into it. At one point, I considered myself to be like the mixtape master. You know, I, I would make um, these cassettes and then like distribute them amongst people. I would... I would make, like, you know, two or three or four copies, you know, it wasn't, like, a big deal or anything, but I would make them and give them out to my friends, and I had a lot of people, you know, who dug, dug getting the tapes. I remember hearing of other people who were making copies of my tapes to give to other people. That was, that was always flattering. I would, like, make a tape, and I would title it, and I would try to give it, like, a theme, and I would also, like, record things off TV and kind of, like, try to tie the whole things together. It's a lot like... It's a lot like what I'm doing on the uh, POS or what I do on IC Robots Radio, the um, you know, the patron only show, the mixtape one. It's a lot it's a lot like that, but this was like way more archaic, you know. This was like you know, one cassette recorder to the other. It wasn't like high tech like doing it digitally, but I I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot about um like what things go together, you know. I would I would always kind of like I I would start it off slow. That was sort of the deal. I'd start off slow with, like, you know, um, down-tempo music, and I would keep going up and up and up and up, like, to the end of the side. And then on the other side, when you flipped, I always like to put something, like, kind of quirky, something kind of weird that you might not um, expect. And then I would I would ramp it up again. I would start, like, a, you know, low, and then go all the way to, like, where at the end... It would be bananas. That was like the the formula that I would that I would fly. And sometimes I would, you know, I would do it the opposite. I remember making one tape where I used a bunch of like uh, things I recorded off wrestling superstars in the morning, like Hulk Hogan interviews and all these all these things. And I would try to do like I would I would like play the interview and play a cassette at the same time, like a break beat, like a drum beat, and I'd try to make a mix, you know, and record it with a microphone. With a um, with another onto another cassette, and that didn't really work out that great. It didn't. It didn't sound that great. I could never really like crack the code about getting the uh, proper microphone placement and stuff. But I, I had a lot of fun. I had a good time learning, and all these things kind of like they all added up to like make me like the uh, decent mixer that I am now. I think at least I like to think so. No, I am. I'm pretty sure I am. I think over the years my most successful well at least like my favorite the favorite mixtape that i made was one called laws of the octagon now here are the laws of the octagon no biting no eye gouging no fish hooking the referee has the authority to restart the bout if there is a lack of action no rounds but a 12-minute time limit with one three-minute overtime in the semis and finals of the tournament here are the ways to win a fight by knockout by submission if the corner throws in a towel if the referee stops the contest because a fighter cannot intelligently defend himself by disqualification And I, I used, um, like, sound bites from the, uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship. This was, this was, I don't know what number it was. It was the second one that Dan Severin ever fought in. He, he won the tournament. He beat Joe Charles, and he beat Oleg Taktorov, and I think he beat Dave Benito in the finals. I'm, I'm not sure, but I used, 
I used all these uh, sound bites of uh, Dan Severin, like, throwing people around, chucking around suplexes and stuff to, um, to tie it all together. I, I also used, like, a super high-quality high-bias tape, one of those uh, metal ones, you know, that are, like, gray with the, uh, with the silver writing, gold writing, rather. I think... I think they were made by um, Sony. The problem with it was it um, it doesn't have screws of any sort. And many years ago, the cassette broke, and I'm I have it. I still have it today, but I'm I'm too cautious to like break it open. I'll I'll do it someday. I know that I can. All I got to do is like jam something into the side a little bit and like gently like gently pop it open but i don't know i'm afraid to uh, damage the actual cassette i not cassette the actual tape because i would i would like to recase it over the years i've recased a lot a lot a lot of like vhs tapes that i had for some reason i always break the front flap and i i've recased a lot of vhs but i i've never tried with an audio cassette they're they're a lot smaller and I'm not, like, the most, um, coordinated dude. And I know that if I, if I try it, I'll probably succeed. But I think that I'll need to, um, like, try, try a test run on a few different cassettes before I, I go and use the, uh, the rules of the octagon. This was, like, absolutely my favorite mixtape of all the time. I, I know how awesome it was, but I, I can't for the life of me remember any of the songs or any of the order. I just remember that I... I made, like, a lot of copies of this one for people, and I know that people I gave copies to also made copies of it. I should, I should look around and see if anybody that I made it for still has that. That would, that would alleviate the, uh, problem of me having to, uh, recase the master, even though I should. I definitely should recase the master of Rules of the Octagon. I, I've really been wanting to make a mixtape lately. I got, like, scores blank tapes around the house i i buy them whenever i see them at the dig i don't know i don't i don't want them to go in the garbage i i, I think that someday somebody's gonna want these i got like a whole box uh full of them and i i want to do it i haven't done it we have a tape player in the car i'm sure i've said that before the truck i meant to say the truck the ic robots mobile has a uh, cassette player and i i bump tapes in there all the time and i thought it would be cool to make like a new mix you know to pop in there um and kind of Kind of hear some new tunes, you know, because I, I play the same ones over and over and over again. The one that I, the one that I've really been bumping lately is uh, Madonna's first one. I got that um, at the uh, flea market. It's not even, it's not even like a real tape. It's like a bootleg. There used to be this uh, cassette tape bootlegger that um, that sold at the Sebastopol flea market. And this is, this is probably one of his. The tapes are like really low quality, and the uh, the insert is only, like, on one side, you know, it's like a, like a photocopy with blank on the back, and I, I think this is one of those, but the, Madonna's first one is really good, my favorite song off of that is, uh, Burn It Up. I think that song is great, I love that song, Burn It Up, I, I think the whole thing is really great, I like early Madonna, when she, um, she sang in like a real high-pitched voice like over the years her her voice really changed but um this one and like a virgin are both um pretty good cassettes overall uh another tape that gets a lot a lot a lot of play in the ic robots mobile is the uh raekwon tony stark uh purple tape only built for cuban links that one that one gets a non-stop play one to ten i'll just play it flip it Play it, flip it. That is an amazing tape. Wu-Tang at its peak. That might be the best of all the Wu-Tang records. I don't know. That's open to debate and individual interpretation. But I think from like top to bottom, it is solid. Definite. Definite five mic satisfaction. Also, it comes on a purple tape, like a purple cassette, which was which was terrific. It was easy to find in my drawer of tapes. I used to just like... There was a point where I would just throw all my tapes in a drawer, and it was easy to find that one because it was purple. Sadly, over the years, I have lost the uh, I've lost the case for the purple tape, and I I wish I knew where it was. I went online looking to see if I could maybe even pick it up because I do I do collect rap tapes, and I I, I would have this one as like the crown jewel of the collection. But the purple tape with the case can go for like a hundred bucks. I'm not even kidding. I saw solds, not listed, solds for a hundred bucks for only built for Cuban links. He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic. There's a 
encourager, but doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. All of those things said right there, like perfectly encapsulate your dude. I am such such a winner sometimes. Now that was off uh, Cuban Links. I I wanted to play a second of it, but I couldn't like find any little bits that weren't full of swears. Man, the Wu Tang loves them a swear word, and that's something that we we try to stay away here. I try to keep this um as family friendly as I possibly can. It's hard. Sometimes I want to yell curses at you guys, but I I manage not to. Before we get out of here, I, I think this is uh this is getting near the end. I I want to talk a bit about Walkman. I I've always been kind of a Walkman um, aficionado. I have a collection now. I don't got like I don't got like the biggest collection in the world. I do um pick them up at the flea market. It used to be that like you could just grab one and they would be like a dollar. Nobody wanted them, like, at all. But ever since uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out, the the price of Walkman has really uh, started to go through the roof. Everybody feels like they have the the blue one that uh, Star-Lord had in the, uh, in the movie, even though they're just, like, you know, random run-of-the-mill uh, Walkman. But when you... When you look at it realistically, a Walkman is, like, it's an old device by, by this point. I... I don't remember when I got my first one. I know that when I did, it was kind of like an off-brand one, like a like a Kobe or like an Emerson or something like that. It wasn't for a while that I got like an actual Walkman brand Walkman. And the one that I got was, I want to find this one, and I have not been able to. I have found like similar models. It... It had, like, all these, um, buttons on the front for, like, preset radio stations, but we live in, um, we live in a valley, and picking up radio is not something that's easy to do here. We only get, like, we only get a couple stations. I, I've talked about this before, so the, the radio function on the Walkman wasn't that great. The station I would have wanted to get by that point in my life. I was, like, I was, like, full-on hip-hop, and I would have wanted to get a 106.1 KML, that's where all the uh, hip-hop beats were booming out of at, at the time. But there's, like, no dice. I can barely pick up KML with an antenna. And, like, all they play nowadays, like, Drake or, like, Cardi B. Not really anything I'm into. But um, the the feature on this Walkman that, like, really, really, really attracted it to me was, was that it came with a rechargeable battery pack. It was, like, um two AA battery-sized, um well... It was, like, two AA batteries, like, packed together in, like, one plastic case, and it had a, it had a charger, and this was, like, amazing to me. Nowadays, if you want batteries, you can go down to Dollar Tree. They're, they're not the best batteries ever by any means, but you can get, like, six of them for a dollar, but back then, they only had the, the name brand, you know, the Energizers, the Black Cat, the, the things like that, and they... They were kind of pricey, and my, my folks weren't the type to go out and get batteries, like, ever. You know, ever. If you ran out of batteries, your device was, like, as good as dead. So having this really, really, like, made it so that I could have my Walkman with me at all times. I I used to take the bus to go to Santa Rosa High School, and having this Walkman really made it so that, like, the trip was was super enjoyable. Every night before I went to bed, I would plug in my battery charger, so the next day, I could get, like, a full charge, so I could take it all the way there, listen at lunch, and then come back home. This is like, I was pumping my third base, I was pumping my public enemy, my EPMDs, all this, all this stuff, like, all day, I had those... I had like first I had like foam ear pads, you know the ones that um that come with it. But over time I I moved into the uh, Sony over the ear ones. Those are the kind I still use today. I love a big Sony over the ear earphone. It it shows people that are walking around that you don't want to talk to them. When I'm out walking the dog, I I listen to my phone or I listen to one of my um mini MP3 players, and I'll. I'll put these big earphones on, and it shows people that, like, no, I'm sorry. My dog doesn't want to meet your dog. I don't want to talk about dogs with you. I don't want anything to do. I just want to, I just want to walk, and I want to listen to my, um, episode of, uh, you know, the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, or whatever it is. 
that I'm listening to at the uh, at the moment. But um, when I when I got this Walkman, it was like it was like a life changing event for me. You know, when you're at that age, you're just heavily, heavily, heavily into music. Your music, it really, it really defines who you are as a person. You know, you got rappers, and you got rockers, and you had, like, alternative kids. What kind of music you listened to was really, it was really, like, all you had. You know, the only thing you had that, like, defined you as a dude if you weren't, like, a jock or a theater kid or whatever, and I was like, I don't know, man, I was like a nothing, I was like a nobody, I didn't do anything activity-wise in school, I did, I did play basketball for one year, that's, um, something I'll talk about, I got, um, plans for this boring life about basketball, but, um, I, I didn't have the identity, so being the dude with the Walkman, who's walking around listening to, uh, the Ultramagnetic MCs or whatever, that was, that was it for me, this was just, like, the best gift I ever got. My parents got this for me, and I, I loved it. Eventually, I went to Radio Shack, and I got, um, like, speakers that you could plug into it, so I, I would be at home. I put the Walkman and the speakers on my headboard, and I would, I would go to sleep listening to, like, the Beastie Boys or Run DMC or whatever. When, when eventually this guy broke, eventually I dropped it and the, the earphone jack went all weird as they always do. It was, it was seriously heartbreaking to me. It was like the end of uh, my life. You know, this, having this Walkman was just, it was like the end all be all to my existence. Take a cassette out of its case and most people just see an empty box. But Sony saw something quite different. Sony introduces the only cassette player as small as a cassette case. The incredible sounding Super Walkman. Enter Sony's $25,000 sweepstakes. Look for this display at your Sony dealer. Right now, I have I have a shelf with a bunch of uh, Walkmans on it. I... I don't think a lot of them work. I'm not, like, super mechanical. And I know that, like, for the most part, these things are, like, belts or whatever. But I I don't know. I don't feel like taking them apart and getting them to work again. I can definitely... I can see the appeal in doing something like that. It's a neat little project. And at some point, I might get into doing that. But the only ones that I have that I know for sure work... I have a couple... Uh, I got a couple Sony Sports. The yellow one. I always thought those were... I thought those were really neat when I was a kid. I had my black one, but I I kind of dug on the yellow ones with those giant belt clips. Here's a here's a tip. If you're ever out hunting for Walkman at the uh, flea market or the thrift store or whatever, the the belt clip in the back is like an integral part of the value. The the number one thing is that they work, but it's not even like that important that they work because a lot of dudes a lot of dudes who collect Walkmans are also into, like, refurbishing Walkmans. So that's not even, like, incredibly essential. But the belt loop thing, the belt clip, is important. People always want the clip. I I cannot tell you the amount of times I've tried to sell some on eBay. And I don't even really sell them anymore. Because, like, I I don't want to deal with these, uh... There's, like, really touchy folk when it comes to, like, the Walkman um, universe. And I call so... I want to keep them for myself, you know, but you'll always, you'll always get a note, is the, uh, is the belt clip attached, is the belt clip attached, and if it is, you'll sell it, if not, you won't, I get it, people want a, uh, you know, a completed device, and the, uh, the, uh, Sony Sports have, like, a giant, giant belt clip on the back, it's really weird, it comes with, like, this dial that you turn to, um, it's like a screw, you know, you gotta unscrew the, uh, the clip, whereas a lot of them, the clip just kind of comes out on the, uh, on the top. The sports are great, though. I like the Sony Sport Walkman. I like those Sony Sports boom boxes. I don't know. There's something neat about the, uh, the bright yellow color of the, uh, of, of that style of them. I don't know. Cassettes are just, they're just fun. There's something fun about the mechanicalness of them. Like, a like, a CD gives you a really good sound, but you just kind of insert it into this thing, and you don't really know what's going on. Something with a laser. But, um, with the cassette, it it's fun to, like, you can look through the window, and you can see it spin. And it's like you can see your music going by, and it's fun. It's not fun, but, like, when it comes unwound, 
it's kind of neat to like stick a pin in there and and rewind it. And I was I was reading a comic the other day in the paper. I love the comics in the paper, the daily comics. And uh, Homeboy's dad showed him a mixtape that he made. He brought it out and he's like, "Hey, I got this mixtape. Let's listen to it." And he uh he handed it to his son and he um began to pull the the magnetic tape out. And he's like, I found the cord, but I can't find the earbuds. And the dad looks over all like, ah! And then he, he wound it back in. And I, I thought that was kind of cool. I know that um my kid, 2.0, she knows how to, she knows how to play a cassette. She has a Walkman because she's like, she's into K-pop right now, Korean pop. And they've been releasing things on cassette. And she asked me if, uh, if I had a Walkman, she could borrow because she bought a couple, she bought a couple releases on audio tape and she's been playing them in her room. I think it's neat. She, um, she uses the, uh, the Walkman and an aux cord to like, to like plug it into her stereo. I don't know if she's like straight up earbudded, um, with the Walkman to get the full on Walkman effect. I don't think so. I think she has like earbuds. And you can't connect those to a, um, Walkman. I did see that they're coming out with a Bluetooth Walkman. Not, it's not like a Sony Walkman. This is something that, uh, people are kickstarting. But I, I think that's kind of cool. I could actually see me buying one of those. If I, if I went to the store and I saw a Bluetooth Walkman, I would definitely be tempted to get up on one of those. I, I got a lot of tapes. I like to play them every, every once and again when I'm out walking the dog, I'll use a Walkman to, um, just, you know, just to go out and experience the, uh, the tapedness. What's kind of cool about a tape when it's like your tape, like your personal tape that you've had forever, you know where, you know where the kinks are, you know where the damaged parts of the, the song are, and it is, it's again, not cool, but it is kind of neat when you can like, replay those familiar moments over again i i dig it i don't know um i i took the dog out like a month ago and i brought only built for cuban links the famous purple tape and i listened to that while i while i walked around and i had a really good time i don't know it's um it's neat it's nostalgic well while we're still at the end of this topic you know what i think is neat i like those those old school earphones that are like plastic on the end. They're not foam, they're plastic and they go right into your ears. I I had a couple of those when I was a young sprat and I thought they, I thought they were pretty neat. It's a model they don't make anymore. I do come across them at the flea market from time to time. There's, there's a market for uh, vintage earphones, vintage Sony earphones. Collectors like to, uh, they like to match up. The one that they had with the earphone that came with it originally. And these ones, these ones mostly were for like mini disc players, but they did uh, also release them for Walkman. And if you, if you come up on these, I mean, if you know the kind I'm talking about, if you come up on these, you could sometimes sell them for like 40, 50 bucks a piece if they work. I've always, I've always wanted to keep one, but then I, I see how I can get like 50 bucks and I can buy a bunch of Migos and instead I... Instead, I do that, but um, I, I dig those. I don't know. I, when I was a kid, I liked how they inserted directly into the ear. They're like a, they're almost like a uh, earbud with a headband, you know, which is which is neat. Nowadays, you have just earbuds. Earbuds are fine. Nothing wrong with earbuds. But as we have said, I'm an over the ear earphone guy. I I hope that this has been fun for you. I hope that it kind of brought you back to the uh, nostalgia of the tape. I saw that. For the first time in, like, I don't know how many years, the sale of uh, cassette tapes is up this year. And I'm thinking, well, if um, they went ahead and they sold, like, six or seven, they're up, you know? So, who knows? Vinyl's back. When I was uh, I was at the last record store, and they have this thing called, like, a, it's like the record store news or whatever. It's like a handout, you know, that um, has, like, different sales and stuff and, like, different record stores around the country. I saw that there are... There are a couple stores in the Los Angeles area that sell only cassettes. Like, they're record stores, but they are cassette stores. And I think that's really cool. If I was in the area, I would dip in because I am a collector of rap tapes. It would be neat to be able to go into a store and find a bunch of rap tapes. You know, maybe I could, maybe I could get that purple tape. Maybe I could pay 150 bucks and be reunited with the purple tape. Reunited, and it feels so good.
good old Peaches and Herb. Big shout out to Peaches and Herb. Dudes, I think we're about at the end here. I think we've covered just about everything cassette related that um I can think of. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a good time. I think we've all learned something. I think we've all learned a little bit about ourselves. A little about each other. I think we've all had a good time gathering and listening. And just, I don't know, man. It's nice. It's nice to talk about the past. It's nice to think about these things that we don't always... That we don't always think about. You know, the the past had a lot of good times, a lot of bad times too. But, you know, we tend to block those out and only focus on the good. I, I appreciate that. I don't know, man. I... I hope you had a good time, though. That's ultimately what I'm what I'm saying here. I hope you had a good time. I hope it was fun. I hope it was an hour well spent. I hope that, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I don't know. That's all there is to say. So until next time, this is me, IC Robot, signing off for another exciting episode of This Boring Life. This was the one about tapes and Sony Walkmans. Peace! This boring life I can't get boring. boring This boring, boring. life Oh, this boring life can't get more boring. Boring, boring life. This boring life can't get more boring. This boring life. Oh, this boring life can't get more boring. Get money.